Well, our very loved, admired, and respected, and such a such an initiator of so many things and interest for many, the voice of reason in many ways, and the voice the voice of curiosity for so many others, and generations have had the luxury of discovering his work and works. And um, what I'm referring to is uh, Attenborough. And Attenborough, uh, not only was he uh, present at COP last uh, year and very vocal in this most distinguished and polite way, not only is he present at the Earthshot Prize, um, uh, recompensing people who are coming out with new ideas in order to shift the trends of the planet to bring it back in a more aligned way. But uh, he's also part of a new show, and I thought this was the perfect excuse to just talk about him a bit more. And this, I uh, just picked it out of The Guardian. Uh, it came out, um, when did it come out? Let me just confirm this. January 9th, that's yesterday. And here we are. The Green Planet Review. David Attenborough's gobsmacking, awe-inspiring return. Now, I don't think he ever left, as far as I'm concerned. He's ever-present voice, either for peps of wisdom, uh, uh, being reminded of necessities and requirements that the planet offers for his call to attention. I mean, I can go on. From glowing bioluminescent fungus to 7,000 different camera setups for ants, the veteran broadcaster miraculous profile of plant life will have you gasping in astonishment. So often, you'll be breathless. So this is the new planet, which is now here. The new program called The Green Planet. Um... This article was put together by Lucy Mangan in The Guardian. And I'm going to read it out to you right now. One of the televisual joys I most remember from childhood was when a program, often a nature documentary, but sometimes a few seconds on Sesame Street or a Tomorrow's World demonstration of new technology, would show a flower unfolding with a time-lapse photography. It was always sudden, always fleeting, and of course, there weren't even any recording buttons let alone live pausing and rewinding facilities that you could quickly press in order to capture and relive the delight. It was ever ephemeral, and I could never get enough. Until now, with the latest gift from David Attenborough and his endlessly patient and dedicated team of camera operators to whom a now traditional 10-minute coda is again devoted, The Green Planet, BBC One, the new five-part series presented by the veteran naturalist, though veteran hardly seems enough anymore, Attenborough has now been making gobsmacking documentaries for two-thirds of the BBC's entire broadcasting history, is about plants. Those that spring up in their tropical millions in the rainforests, those that endure in snowy wastelands, those who wrest life from the desiccated jaws of death in the desert, those that anchor themselves in rivers and streams, all of them and their cyclical splendors are gathered together for our awed delectation. We begin with those rainforests. We watch seedlings sprout, that fresh inimitable, inimitable green, bright against the brown-leaved forest floor. In the wake of a fallen tree, followed apparent second later by vines and their wagging, opportunistic tendrils searching for support, we're shown balsa tree blossoms filling and refilling with nectar seven times in a night to attract the pollinators they need and the warty blood-colored petals of the gigantic stinking rafflesia of corpse flower opening to welcome the carrion flies. We see the bioluminescent fungus known in Congo as chimpanzee fire glowing in the dark as it releases its billions upon billions of spores into the air. 
And whenever you think there's going to be a moment to catch all the breath you have gasped out in astonishment, they will hit you with something even more full of wonder, such as the leaf-cutter ants that are controlled by chemical signals sent out by a sprawling subterranean fungus, and that bring back whatever type of leaf it commands, as well as excavating more space for their underlord as it grows. I mean, could we just take a moment, please? The fundamentals of evolution, competition, photosynthesis, parasitism, and so are on so lightly covered. I sometimes wonder if the anthropomorphic metaphors about battlefields and so on, and the implied ascription of human motivations and considerations to the flora, and especially fauna that appear on screen, annoy purists. But I am not one of them, and if I were, I think I would try to take comfort in the trade-off made. What you lose in appreciation of blind forces, you gain in mass accessibility and the rousing of interest in millions of viewers, some of whom, at least, will then go on to study and understand everything as fully as you could wish. But maybe only because someone described a vine as a stangling a monstera first. The extraordinary time-lapsing photography, which is no longer a static thing, but in the round, shows us seeds cracking, leaves unfurling, saplings straining greedily up towards the sky, as if an army of miniature drones had been hovering for months round everyone. It is shown to be the BBC's team development of work by the former US military engineer, Chris Field. Enraptured by their nature docks and by time-lapse scenes in particular, he has spent his spare time for the past ten years combining suitable cameras with motion controls, eventually allowing us to see things in a way they have never been seen before. There must be a documentary about him and people like him, too, someday, mustn't there? At the same time, heartfelt thanks must be given to all. Assistant producer Lewis Rummer Downing described life eight days into what he did not yet know would be a two-week shoot for the leaf-cutter sequence, comprising shots from 7,000 different positions, which would last seconds on screen. Wake up, he said. Film ants. Go to sleep. Dream of ants. Wake up. At the other end of the scale, however, is the moment when an underwoods bat arrives to drink from a flower just as Attenborough is standing next to one, explaining the process. Attenborough's face lights up and his gaze after a quick flick sideways to check with the cameraman that all is well, fixes on the miracle in front of him with as much glee and reverence as ever. From mountain gorillas to tiny tropical bats, they are more moments, moments of fascination than there are fungal spores in the Congolese air. Has ever a man known, done, or shared so much? There you go. This was an article by our dear, we've read other works from her, Lucy Mangan. And she has extremely, this article, I've read, I'm reading it, I've read it now for the first time as I've shared it with you. And um, it's extremely well written. It's capturing a lot of the emotion that people carry for Attenborough and his interest and his fascination, which is emotionally very, very high. Um, uh, to, to, to witness, so I can only imagine. I'm looking forward to watch this. I have not seen these uh, series yet, but Lucy Mangan definitely did an absolute, ex um, I was going to say succulent, but I guess it was a distinguished <laughs> job uh, at uh, transcribing the emotion and uh, her assessment of this show uh, just makes me want to see it because it sounds like it's 
perfectly in line with Attenborough's spirit, matching today's technology at its best, and a form of creativity to, you know, make it all very unique. Thank you very much for listening, and until the next recording, thank you so much again.